somewhere between waking and sleeping. On our journey towards the unfathomable deep, there comes a thin moment when we have one foot in the waking world and the other is in that other world where we relinquish conscious control. Pausing here and straddled between two planets that drive one another like gears, the attentive traveller will notice a narrow door only wide enough to sidle through. This is the border of sleep, where imagination and reality are braided together, a chasm in the crust of consciousness, venting the hot pumice of imagery into the irresistible magma of narrative. Welcome to episode 10 of Stories from the Borders of Sleep, a weekly podcast of curious tales from bordersofsleep.com, featuring original stories by your host, Seymour Jacklin. Visit bordersofsleep.com for more information or to leave feedback. Artwork is by Robin Trainer, production by Tim Wiles, and the soundtrack for this week's episode is from The Water is Wide by David Modica, and it's available from magnatune.com. This podcast is also available on iTunes. So, if you're ready to journey with me, then I shall begin. Swee Swee and the Cobbler by Seymour Jacklin Once upon a time there lived a bird. And haven't you ever wished to be a bird? Isn't that the life? To have all the wide sky to play in and all the world to look down upon. Well... I tell you, if you have a mind to envy them, we humans are not so very different from birds. We have two legs, for a start. It's true, we don't hop about like birds, except on the rare occasions when we might compete in a sack race. And of course, we have wings, as birds do. Only ours are on the inside. But to get back to my story. Dear listener, you would not envy this little bird of whom I speak. Much use were her wings to her, and she could take no more than three hops from one side of her cage to the other. And she lived her life in the house of a cobbler at the end of a village, although it was not much of a life. The cage was never moved from the same corner, year after year, the same view. Her name was Swee Swee, for if you'd asked her what her name was, that is what she would reply, Swee Swee. The cobbler cherished her, however, for he was the only thing that he had for company, apart from the mouse, of course, who lived in the wainscot, because every story has to have a mouse in it somewhere. You may think the cobbler was a cruel man to keep a bird in such a way, as if he had a right to do so, but in everything else he was generous, mending the shoes of those who couldn't afford it, and spending much of what he earned on caring for an elderly aunt. He was one of those people who was simply, like many of us, not quite aware that in one or two areas he was a little selfish. Now one day, the cobbler came to feed Swee Swee a pinch of seed. He saw that she was not on her perch, but huddled against the side of the cage in the darkest corner, and she did not move. Oh dear, what is the matter with you, little Swee Swee? said the cobbler. Swee Swee opened her beak and spoke to the cobbler. For in times of great distress, birds are capable of extraordinary things. And in this, too, they are not altogether unlike us humans. Oh, she said, I've decided to let myself die. 
For here I am a long way from my relatives and loved ones, trapped and unable to do many of the things that birds are made to do. I'm so miserable. Please let me go free. But the cobbler replied, with a great deal of affection and pleading in his voice, But sweet, sweet, you are all I have to brighten this home. I don't think I could endure it without you. I can't let you go. I'd never see you again. It's true, said Sui Sui, for I have much flying to catch up with and so many relatives to visit it might be a very long time before I could ever come back even to say hello. Who knows what I will become when I'm freed from this cage. Then she turned her little head to one side and said to her jailer, But perhaps then you could do one very small thing for me that I think would make everything better. What is it, Sui Sui? asked the cobbler. If you could go and visit my sister who lives in the woods and tell her that I am at least alive and let her know my circumstances and that I'm thinking of her. That seems fair, said the cobbler, grateful that there could be a way to make the little bird happy that would not mean that he'd lose her. I shall close the shop early and go tomorrow, he said. So Swee Swee instructed him that her sister lived in the eastern corner of the forest and that she often went to drink from the tiny pool of water that gathered in an oak stump in a certain clearing. And after that she cheered up a little bit and gave the cobbler a song that was very beautiful even though it was in a minor key. True to his word, the next day the cobbler shut up his shop an hour early while there were still a few hours of daylight remaining. He strolled out of the village until he came to the forest, half a mile further down the road, and turned onto a woodland path. And as he walked, he began to think. When a working man takes his feet onto paths he does not normally walk, he begins to think thoughts he has not normally thought. He said to himself, I spend my days making shoes for people to walk in all over the land, but I so seldom use them myself for that purpose. And he decided that, at the next opportunity, he would begin to make himself a new pair of shoes especially for walking. He had no difficulty in finding the oak stump that Swee Swee had described, and sat down to wait as the shadows lengthened. He waited, and waited long enough for the ants to start crawling on him. And he was just about to give up when a tiny bird hopped up to the tree stump. It must be Sui Sui's sister, thought the cobbler. If I didn't know that she was home in the cage, then I'd think it was Sui Sui herself, they're so alike. So he addressed himself to the bird. Are you Sui Sui's sister? he asked. The bird hopped around to get a better look at him and inclined her head as if she was listening. Swee, swee, she said, and looked at him curiously. I've come to you with a message from your sister, Swee, swee, he announced. Swee, swee, said the bird. So the cobbler continued. I've come to tell you that she's alive and well, and that she lives with me in my cottage at the end of the village, in a little cage, that I assure you is very comfortable. At these words, Swee, swee's sister gave a little gasp. In fact, it seemed to be her last, for immediately she fell down as dead at the foot of the tree stump with her legs sticking up in the air. 
The cobbler was surprised at this unexpected reaction. Had the news been too much for the little bird's heart? Not knowing quite what to do and suddenly feeling as if he wanted to get away from that place as soon as possible, as it was all becoming very dark very quickly, he strode back to the path as swiftly as he could, losing a few threads of his clothing to brambles on the way. As he reached the road, the sun was very low in the sky. He felt as if the shadows of the woods trailed behind him, although this was just the inky sense of guilt that he may have been the cause of a little bird's death either way. He tried to excuse himself, of course. These timid little creatures have weak hearts, he thought. I only did what was asked of me. He was so busy with thoughts of himself that he didn't really think about what he was going to say to Sweezwe. He reached home at dusk, and as soon as he walked into the cottage he heard Sweezwe hopping and flustering in her cage. Have you seen my sister? How is she? she chirruped. Menders of shoes do not always have the most sympathetic bedside manner. I'm afraid that as soon as I told her about you being in a cage, she fell down dead, said the cobbler. At this, Swee Swee froze for a few moments, blinking at him, and then she, too, gasped and fell down on the floor of her cage with her legs sticking up, dead. The cobbler rushed to the cage and took the lifeless thing out in his hands. Two birds in one evening, he exclaimed. Wake up, Swee Swee! He called to her, but she did not stir. He took her outside into his garden. The first of the stars had just begun to appear in the east. He put the little body down on his step and sat down next to it, putting his head in his hands and sighing deeply. He did not notice that Swee Swee sprung to life again and fluttered to the nearest branch from which she addressed him one last time, finding a voice again, but for joy. My clever sister, she exclaimed. She showed me the only way that I'd be able to escape from that cage, by pretending to be dead so that you'd finally let me go. I couldn't be free until I'd become as one who no longer breathes. So saying, she took off again and flew towards the forest without looking back, trilling joyfully as she flew. So you see, there's another way in which birds are not so different from us. And as for the cobbler, well, that very night, by candlelight, he began to work on that fine pair of walking shoes he'd promised himself. And when they were nearly ready, he stitched them with a pattern that looked a little bit like feathers.